In the 33rd chapter of the book of the prophet Ezekiel, we read, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, If I bring the sword upon a land, and the people land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, and he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, does not blow the trumpet, so the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that man is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will acquire at the watchman's hand. Well, the good Lord has appointed me to be the watchman, at least over this community, so I'm going to sound the trumpet for a minute. I'll use some quotes that I've cut and spliced out of Bishop Finn's recent pastor letter. As of three years ago, so in a certain sense, this is actually ancient history. These, these are three years old. Quote, U.S. porn revenue exceeds the combined revenues of ABC, CBS, and NBC, $6.2 billion. Porn revenue is larger than all combined revenues of all professional football, baseball, and basketball franchises. The pornography industry, according to conservative estimates, brings in $57 billion per year, of which the U.S. is responsible for $12 billion. There were 800 million rentals each year of adult videos and DVDs. Current estimates are that $20 billion is spent annually on adult video sales and rentals. Half of all hotel guests own pornographic movies. These films comprise 80% of in-room entertainment revenue and 70% of total in-room revenue. Cable pay-per-view amounted to $2.5 billion. Magazines accounted for $7.5 billion. In 2004, there were 4.2 million pornographic websites, 372 million pornographic pages. Now keep in mind, this is three years ago. In 2003, four years ago, four years ago, daily there were 68 million pornographic search engine requests. That's 25% of the requests. As of three years ago, daily there were 2.5 billion pornographic emails. The most common ways people have accidentally reached pornographic content on the web are pop-up windows, 55%, misrepresented links, 52%, misspelled URLs, 48%, and auto links within emails, 23%. 70% of 18 to 24-year-old men visit pornographic sites in a typical month. 66% of men in their 20s and 30s also report being regular users of pornography. There are 40 million U.S. adults who regularly visit Internet pornography websites. Children use Internet. 96% of kids have gone online, 74% having access at home, and 61% use the Internet on a typical day. 90% of 8 to 16-year-olds using the Internet have viewed pornography online most while doing homework. 11 years old is the average age of first Internet exposure 
to pornography. A survey of 600 households conducted by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children found that 20% of parents do not know any of their children's Internet passwords, instant messaging nicknames, or email addresses. Only 5% of parents recognize the acronym POS, parent over shoulder, and only 1% could identify WTGP, want to go private, both of which are frequently used by teens when instant messaging. Incidents of child sexual exploitation have risen from 4,573 in 1998 to 112,083 in 2004, according to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Close quotes from Bishop Finn. As of three years ago, 96% of kids had gone online. 11 years old was the average age of the first exposure to Internet porn, and 90% of 18, 16-year-olds using the Internet had viewed porn online, most while doing homework. That was three years ago. Does anyone here think the numbers have gone down since? Stop and consider what these numbers represent. They represent the loss of innocence. No, not the loss of innocence. They actually represent the violent destruction of innocence and the violent awakening of passions that are difficult to control in adults. They mean countless numbers of children locked into bondage, enslaved to their passions, a bondage that's so terrible for great numbers, it will last their entire life. These numbers represent the loss of baptismal innocence in staggering numbers of our children. They mean bondage. They mean moral degradation. For many, they mean a life, an entire life, without sanctifying grace. And a death without sanctifying grace. We don't have to hunt around in Iraq for weapons of mass destruction. They're sitting right in our living rooms. Our kids would have unbelievably better odds if we just had the bubonic plague sweeping across our nation or if we were in an all-out nuclear war. They'd have better odds in an all-out nuclear war. Are you kidding, Father? Are you saying our kids would be better off in a nuclear war? Yeah, I'm not kidding. That's exactly what I'm saying. And it's not just the kids I'm speaking of. I'm speaking to the adults, too. See, a plague or a nuclear war only kills you physically. It only removes your physical death, life, causes physical death. Pornography causes spiritual death. As long as our children preserve their baptismal innocence, even if we get nuked, they're going to make it to heaven. But if they die in bondage to pornography, they can't get there. It isn't just the children I'm worried about either. We're all weak. We're all sinners. Besides the obvious, before I even go on that point, besides the obvious problems with the porn, okay, there's another aspect that you should be aware of. It needs to be addressed. See, if someone in your house has been playing with Internet porn, it's not uncommon to find in that house that the people there have a hard time getting along. Things are more difficult than normal. There's more fighting. They start having bad dreams or they have malaise or people are angry or edgy or grouchy. They have a feeling of oppression or worse. Why? 
Because if someone in your house has been messing with internet porn, there's a good chance that you have other guests in your home. Guests from hell. That's not an exaggeration. A lot of porn is made for explicitly occult purposes. And they don't say this show brought to you by Satan anywhere on it, okay? Porn is an open door. It's a wide open door and the devils move in. I had a nice long talk with a couple exorcists about this from different parts of the country. And they are very concerned. They're doing land office business, let me tell you. Land office business. And it goes from house blessings on up because all this stuff going on and it's because of the internet. The devil's moving. We're at war and our enemy never sleeps. The devil never sleeps. We're at war. Okay, now I've sounded the trumpet. Now let's take a few minutes reviewing the ways to protect ourselves from this demonic deluge of filth. We'll take a quick look at the obvious natural defenses and then a quick look at some good supernatural defenses. First, the natural defenses. Take your TV, set it in the backyard, 10 gauge, full choke, 10 yards. That'll fix it. If you're not willing to do that, at least fix it so you can only see videos on it. What good is it helping you get to heaven? If it's not helping you get to heaven, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with the television. What's wrong is the stuff that's being played on TV. Television should be a fantastic instrument for culture and arts and stuff. Instead, what is it? What is it? It's a raw sewer, for the most part, pouring out into your home, into your mind. Would you let somebody come into your house and sit there and tell those kind of stories to you and your family on your couch that's on TV all the time and you just kind of, no way. You'd throw them out the door. Maybe you'd leave the door closed and run into a couple times before you opened it up and threw them out. You wouldn't let somebody like that in your house. And there it sits in your front room like an altar, pouring out filth. Get rid of the thing. How about the Internet? Don't have it at home unless it's absolutely necessary. If you have to have it for your work, try to keep it at work. If it is necessary to have it at home, get the FA filter or the Family Link one, and even though they're updated daily, daily they're still not 100% bomb-proof. Father had some fantastic advice during the mission. If your kids have to be online, you sit there with them the whole time. Don't let them wander through that dirty bookstore without you sitting there with them. You're sitting there with them. You're doing your responsibility. You're protecting them. You're not putting them in this occasion where something jumps up. One thing, and it's over. Their innocence is gone. They're your kids. Take care of them. Okay, never let a child online unless a parent is sitting right there with him. Okay, that's natural defenses, supernatural defenses. Most important is obviously a serious sacrament of life. This, and this is from the sacraments where we get the sanctifying grace, we need to fight these battles and get through the world. So it means making good, frequent confessions and fervent communions, asking for the graces you need to be holy, to be pure, to do your duty in your state and your life. If you're a parent, you have rights to ask for duty. You get special graces from God. It's called the grace of state. To raise your parent, kids to be holy, no matter what's going on in society. You gotta ask for those graces and then you gotta correspond, which means making tough decisions. It doesn't mean look at what everybody else is doing. Look at what you do if you're gonna become a saint. Now that doesn't mean being completely extreme and ridiculous. We're not monks. But it means with stuff like this where it's an occasion of sin, you just have to make it the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult. Okay, 
So, serious sacramental life. Second, wear your bronze scapular with a St. Benedict's medal, a blessed St. Benedict's medal all the time. It's like armor. Don't take it off. Our lady know what she's talking about. When she came to Fatima, she wasn't bored, wondering what they were doing in Portugal today. She came down to tell us what we need to know. Wear your scapular and say your rosary every day. Daily rosary. That means every day. Say your daily rosary. Get everybody in the family. Fathers, you lead it. Okay, daily rosary. Three Hail Marys. Every morning, every night without fail, say three Hail Marys for holiness and purity. Everyone here, every night, every day. If you don't want to take my word for it, take St. Matilda's, St. Gertrude the Great, St. Philip Neri, St. Anthony of Padua. He's a doctor of the church. St. Anthony Mary Claret, St. Leonard Port Morris, St. Alphonsus the Gory. He's a doctor of the church, okay? They all give the same advice. Say the three Hail Marys in the morning for, for holiness and purity during the day. Three Hail Marys at night for holiness and purity at night. It's miraculous. The Blessed Mother will take care of you and your family, okay? Fathers, you can lead that every night. Get everybody saying their prayers. Have the little kids all prayed up long before this becomes an issue. If you're having problems yourself, you can do this. Don't do it in front of everybody else. You take your hands like this. You put them on the floor and kneel on the fingers. Yeah, it hurts. That's the object. You can do it for three Hail Marys. You do it for three Hail Marys because you're saying the Blessed Mother, I'm having problems in this area. I'm going to do this little penance. You help me out. So kneel on your fingers for three Hail Marys. Okay? That's for people that are struggling. If you're not struggling, help keep you out of it. Okay. So, a serious sacramental life, bronze scapular, daily rosary, the three Hail Marys. All that's fine when everything's calm, Father. But what do we do when we're being tempted? You're in the heat of the battle, all these terrible temptations. What do we do then? Five things. First thing is get moving. Get out of the situation. Get up, go have a drink, go outside, throw some water in your face. Physically remove yourself from the situation. If you're sitting in a chair, get up and we'll go somewhere. You just move. That's the first thing. It's a, it's a battle. Just move. So that's the first thing. You'll see. Number two, use a binding prayer. What's a binding prayer? For example, in the name of Jesus, I bind your spirit of lust and send you to the foot of the cross. Hear that? In the name of Jesus, I bind you spirit of lust and send you to the foot of the cross. How's that go, Father? In the name of Jesus, I bind you spirit of lust and send you to the foot of the cross. Okay, if it's a demon, it's out of there. The spirit of fornication is the only one in the litany. You look at the litany of saints, there's only one they name and ask not to. Why? It's not because they're that, that particularly powerful. It's because we're weak in that department. It takes us out. St. Alphonsus says, with other sins, the devil fishes with a hook. With lust, he fishes with a net. Let's not get caught in that net. So in the name of Jesus, I bind you spirit of lust and send you to the foot of the cross. Okay. Third thing. So we've got... For, for when we're in trouble, we physically move ourselves, get out of the situation, do a binding prayer. Third thing is call on the precious blood. Precious blood, wash over me and protect me from the wickedness and snares of the devil. You don't have to get all the lines. You could just say, precious blood, wash over me. Precious blood, wash over me. Our Lord shed his precious blood for sinners. If you're not in the state of grace, this will still protect you at that moment, okay? Precious blood, wash over me. If you're not in the state of grace, you get to the confessional, though. Don't waste any time. Okay, precious blood wash over me and protect me from the wickedness and snares of the devil. Fourth, you call on the heavy artillery from heaven, okay? Now we've got the devil out of the picture. We've moved ourselves. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, St. Maria Goretti, guardian angel, help me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, St. Maria Goretti, guardian angel, help me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, St. Maria Goretti, guardian angel, help me. I'm repeating it so it'll stick in your mind. These are powerful prayers. They'll protect you. Very powerful. We, we're fighting as hard as we can, then we get heaven in on. Okay? If we're praying like that, we won't 
fall. We won't fall. If we pray like this, we won't fall. Finally, take the image in your mind. What's happening is our appetites start moving towards something good, but it's sinful. Well, it's too much to try to beat that back directly, so what a person does is you deflect it. Instead of trying to pose it directly, you deflect the image by imagining something that's good but not sinful, okay? So your appetites are moving towards a good, but you just deflect them to a non-sinful good. We imagine something really good and attractive that isn't sinful, something really fantastic like canoeing in Montana. What could be better than that, okay? So you're sitting here struggling with this, you have this, and you just think, no, I'm going to think about canoeing in Montana. Then you have a really fantastic image in your head. It's going that way. So you're, you're moving, your appetites are moving towards something good, but you've deflected them towards a good that you can't get in trouble with, okay? So the five techniques for fending off disaster, when you find yourself right in the point of temptation is first, is you get moving, physically get out of the situation. Second, use a binding prayer, name of Jesus, I bind your spirit of lust, and send it to the foot of the cross to be judged by our Lord. Third, you call on the precious blood. Precious blood, wash over me and protect me from the wickedness and snares of the devil. Fourth, you call on heaven. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, St. Maria, Goretti, guardian angel, help me. And fifth, start imagining something that's really good and attractive that isn't sinful, like Montana, anything about Montana. Okay, finally, wear St. Joseph's cord, okay? It's a cord blessed in honor of St. Joseph you tie around your waist. Now, thanks to the Junior Legion of Mary who made these, will be given out after Mass. And also courtesy of the Junior Legion of Mary, each household will be getting a picture of St. Joseph, one per household. If we run out of these items and looking out here, we might. That's okay. We'll get more, you know, but we can get them. I blessed him yesterday. This court of St. Joseph is a powerful sacramental. I'm going to read you uh, the English translation of the blessing I blessed him with. It's really something. So it starts off, uh, Dominus of this commit conspiracy to Aramis. Or Lord Jesus Christ, excuse me, <clears throat> who didst inculcate the counsel of virginity and precept of chastity, we beseech thy goodness that thou wouldst vouchsafe to bless and sanctify this cincture as a symbol of purity. Let all who gird themselves therewith to preserve their chastity through the intercession of St. Joseph, spouse of thy holy mother, preserve the desired virtue in obedience to thy law. May they obtain pardon of their sins, bodily and spiritual health, and eternal life. Thou who livest and reignest with God the Father and unity of the Holy Spirit, God for all eternity, amen. doesn't stop there. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty eternal God, that they who revere the inviolate chastity of the Holy Virgin Mary and Joseph, her spouse, may through their intercession attain purity of body and soul through Christ our Lord. Amen. Doesn't stop there. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who didst commit the Christ child and his sinless mother to the care of the chaste Joseph, we humbly pray that they who are girded with this cincture in honor of St. Joseph and under his protection may by thy goodness and his intercession persevere in chastity for all time. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigns with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forevermore. Amen. Doesn't stop there. O God, the restorer and lover of innocence, we beseech thee, through the intercession of blessed Joseph, spouse of thy fairest mother, that all who wear this cincture may be girt in their loins and holding burning lamps in their hands, and be like to men who wait for the Lord when he shall return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him and be found worthy to be taken into everlasting joys, who liveth and reigneth eternally. Amen. Then there's the, the asparagus on it. It gets incensed. It doesn't stop there. Preserve thy servants who trust in thee, my God. Send them aid, Lord, from on high. And from Sion, watch over them. O Lord, hear my prayer. Let my cry come unto thee. Lord, be with thee and with thy spirit. Let us pray. O God of mercy, God of goodness, thee all good things please, and without thee no good is finished or begun. 
Hear thou our lowly entreaties and guard thy faithful who wear this blessed sanctuary in honor of St. Joseph from contagion of the world and its desires. Grant them, moreover, to persist in their holy resolution and to be freed from sin that they may merit to be numbered among thy elect through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God eternally. Amen. This is a powerful blessing. It's a powerful blessing. The prayers of the church affect what they signify. If you're wearing the scapular and you've tied a St. Joseph's cord, you got the Blessed Mother looking over you 24-7 and St. Joseph. And listen to the prayers on that to keep chastity and purity in your state and life. This is serious armor. The devils hate the sacramentals. They absolutely hate them. And on that note, I'll just say here, we're going to start every month Having people, well, well, I'll just put one Sunday a month where we'll bless oil for olive oil for people. We'll bless salt. Everybody can bring it in. And we'll make uh, that holy water of the Blessed Virgin Mary and, and St. Torelli Professor. So every month we'll just say it'll be one particular Sunday every month. And I'll just start posting that. We'll announce that. Because you need to have sacramentals. You need to wear them. You need to carry them. You need to have them in your home. The war we're in. These things are the weapons God's put in our hands to defend ourselves not only against our own weaknesses, but all the wickedness and snares of the devil. Okay, get rid of, let's close with the review. Get rid of the TV, get rid of the internet. If it's absolutely necessary, you make darn sure you have the AFL filter family wick, and you don't let the kids on unless you're going to spend the time sitting right there with them. Daily techniques for protection are a serious sacramental life, wearing your brown scapular, praying your daily rosary, praying three Hail Marys, and wearing your St. Joseph's cord. The five techniques for defending from disaster when we find ourselves being tempted are first, get moving, physically remove yourself from a situation. Second, use a binding prayer in the name of Jesus. I bind you, spirit of lust, and send you to for the cross. Third, you call on the precious blood. Precious blood, wash over me and protect me from the wickedness and snares of the devil. Fourth, you call on heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Saint Mary, Grady, guardian angel, help me. Five, you start imagining something really good and attractive that isn't sinful. And I suggest, of course, Montana. The sword is coming on the land. I've blown the trumpet and warned my people. If the sword comes and takes anyone away here, his blood shall be on his own head. If he had taken warning, he would have saved his own life. If he had taken warning, he would have saved his own life. His eternal life.